listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. This is Pharmacy Crossroads with your host, community pharmacy business veteran, the road trip guy, Bruce Neeland. Community pharmacy is at a crossroads. Pharmacy owners across the country are evolving their pharmacy businesses and making a bigger impact on their communities. Bruce talks with the most innovative community pharmacy owners, pharmacy industry experts, and people who are passionate about the business of pharmacy and its impact on community healthcare. Pharmacy Crossroads is a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. And now, here's our host, Bruce Neeland. Hey, what an exciting opportunity to be part of, I don't know, you call me a storyteller, um, but since 2004, since I entered pharmacy, I've, see, I've seen change accelerate and the patients becoming more important than ever and being the center of that change. And I think of newspapers. Um, I came from telecommunications. My grandmother, uh, Veronica Yuri, worked for the telephone company called Sprint way back in the day. I worked for that. And I've seen communications change literally from the inside out. So think of the written word and where that written word has taken us and communicating what we bring in value as healthcare professionals, as pharmacists, as as community pharmacy owners, how you spread your message throughout the community and bringing peace and bringing uh, assurability that they're going to be okay. Because why? Because the community pharmacist has always been there. And I think of the evolution of communication and the advent of the internet. When that exploded, I'm old enough to remember that there was no internet. And um, I had to do my resource via the Dewey Decimal System and uh, go to the library to look stuff up. Well, now we have the internet. Okay, well, what's next? Let's jump ahead. We're talking about the use of digital to take your communications from from where you are and how you function and how you work as a community pharmacy leader and healthcare leader, and now developing a strategy and a platform in order to push this content out that's so important in in being the next-gen newspaper, literally, not to sound like an old fogey, but um, we have a couple more old fogies on with us today. The first one that I want to bring in is uh, one of my um, mentors, um, I, I want to call myself someday the Bruce Nealon 2.0 in <laughs> becoming that voice for pharmacy and community pharmacy. But Bruce, I'm so proud of you, of what you've built. We've come to a crossroads together. You've built this podcast from the ground up with me. And I'm so proud of how big it's become and in, in, in reaching pharmacy owners and in telling their stories. But Bruce, thank you for letting me be a, a small part of this. Well, and, and thank you. And uh, you mentioned the Dewey Decimal System. I wonder how many people we lost on that. Who who remembers the Dewey Decimal System? So, um, it, anyhow, moving forward, before we lose more of our audience, I, I am excited to be here today. The Pharmacy Crossroads podcast has been has been a, a joy in my life. But it's not about me. It's about the guests that I get to bring on. And you mentioned Pharmacy at a Crossroads. One of the organizations that we've got an opportunity to work with closely here is uh, IPC, the Independent Pharmacy Cooperative. And um, they they have just made a major change in their organization, in their operational 
uh, activities and benefits that they're bringing to their members in pharmacy. And without any further ado, I'm going to say they've hired Ashton Maraba to uh, to come in and take the lead on a totally new platform, new initiative. And Ashton, you're sitting here patiently listening to me ramble on. Uh, just take a second, introduce yourself, and then we'll dig into the meat of what you and IPC are bringing to the, to bringing to the pharmacists. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks, Todd. Uh, yo, you guys, you guys got the uh, the intro down pat, um, and uh, a lot of energy in that in that intro, and and I I, I can't really attest to that decimal uh, that the Dewey, Dewey decimal. decimal yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that says I'm young or or I'm or or what, but or maybe just not as informed as I should be, but uh, but uh, but I'll uh, I'll get back to you on that one if if there's anything I need to report back. Ashton, uh, it's it's the it's the original IP address. So oh, okay. Find your information. You had to put in the right address to get to the information. That's literally what Dewey would did. But um, I I I just want to give a shout out to Mark Asenza. He was the first interview okay. from the team of the IPC guys. I enjoyed that interview, and that's why we're excited to have you here to continue that executive leadership, you know, thought leadership that that Bruce brings to the table. Did did Mark get the Dewey Decimal System, or did you guys did that just come wait, up wait, with wait, me? Yeah, we're we're <laughs> gonna have setting to me up here it. or something, or what? Come on, <laughs> we're gonna have to delete all this Dewey Decimal stuff. So go on, Ashton. Who are you, and why yeah. are we talking to you today? Well, we're we're talking about innovation first and foremost. So that that's probably why I'm not bringing anything about the Dewey Decimal System to the table. But uh, so I, I am Ashton Maraba. You know, I've I've been around for for a few years. Uh, it's been a long time. Um, and I, I can't believe it. Um, I am the president of IPC Digital Health, uh, which is a subsidiary, newly formed subsidiary to independent pharmacy cooperative. So I, I joined the team recently and um, uh, we are working on some uh, amazing innovations and, and initiatives. And I'm, I'm really excited to join the, the crew. Here's a message from today's episode sponsor. Hey, Pharmacy Podcast listeners, this is Bruce Neeland with a shout out to the Independent Pharmacy Cooperative, better known as IPC. Over the years, it's been my pleasure to work with IPC, and they have a number of programs that help pharmacy owners do more and be better. I invite you to check them out at www.ipcrx.com. Thanks. Well, you know, let's dig into this. So as your background, I know you've been involved in in bringing a lot of innovation to the industry, stuff that's used in 60,000 pharmacies. You've kind of reached across the aisle. You've dealt with pharmacies. You've dealt with big retail chains, major pharma companies and technology companies. Um, All of that is bringing together to strengthen pharmacists collaboration with doctors and employer groups and payers and, you know, integrating the pharmacy into that whole network. Um, so what is IPC digital health? Yeah, Bruce, I mean, you, you talk a little bit about my background. Um, it's been a fun ride, uh, to be honest. I mean, there's, there's, you know, as you grow, you, you pick up, uh, little pieces here and there and in terms of what works and what doesn't, um, I've been fortunate to see, the industry and in different from different perspectives um, to uh, to lead me to this uh, to this current position. So, the you know first and foremost, Bruce, before we we get into IPC and uh, IPC Digital Health, 
Um, I think it's really important that um, I'm able to recognize the IPC team, uh, both IPC and the newly formed uh, IPC digital health team. Uh, I mean, ever since I started with that group, I'll tell you the, the level of professional uh, professionalism, energy, spirit, intellect, and commitment uh, from the team, you know, truly defines our organization and sets us up for an extremely successful future. Can't say enough. I know Todd mentioned Mark. Uh, Mark Asun's our CEO. I mean, his vision, his personality, his drive. I mean, it's really been uh, extremely infectious to all of us uh, that work together at IPC and IPC Digital Health to, um, you know, and serves as a springboard to to IPC Digital Health. I mean, we're, we're uh, it's something that... Uh, that's going to create a, a very strong ripple effect, uh, shift the paradigm in in uh, in community pharmacy, and and I'm excited to lead it. Um, the the other thing I wanted to talk about, Bruce, before we really kind of get into defining IPC digital health, is I I like to set the table with stats, so everybody really understands. As I start to talk about some points that defines IPC digital health and the brand that we're introducing to independent community pharmacy. Um, I really want these stats to resonate with the listeners uh, or the viewers of your podcast. I think that's critical. Well, let's uh, hear first, some of these. Let's hear some of yeah, these stats. Let's let's start from the top down. Uh, first and foremost, 86% of Americans live within five miles of a pharmacy. And I think these some of these stats um, you've heard over and over and over again. So you know, uh, I apologize if I'm preaching to the choir here, but but they're so important. 30% of Americans do not have health insurance. 52% um, of Americans are either underinsured or uninsured or suffering from some form of, of insurance gap. So think about that. That's huge. And it's only going to get worse. Premiums are going up. Insurance has just not been where, where we had hoped it to be. More than 9% of U.S. counties are primary care provider deserts. So you've all heard about health deserts. Right. An estimated 13 million Americans live in areas where demand for primary care far outpaces the supply. It's pretty intriguing. Um, that was 9%? 9%. 9% of U.S. counties. Of the counties, okay. Our primary care provider deserts. It's wow. pretty amazing. 80% uh, of the U.S. lacks a, uh, adequate access to healthcare. That's one that gets me. Especially, we're supposed to be the leader of the free world uh, in that sense. Um, another, another astonishing point that's part of my kind of statistical category, is in the health inequity category. Uh, demand for modernized solutions that address expensive diseases or borderline health issues in population health in areas where uh, disease uh, or uh, health inequity is rampant. For example, where we see a racial disparity in ethnic minority groups, you're seeing a higher suffering of hypertension, obesity, um, you're seeing uh, uh, a greater propensity of diabetes, asthma, um, you know, heart disease, cancer, preterm birth when compared to their white counterparts. So, so you asked me earlier, what's uh, what is uh, IPC Digital Health? 
Yeah. But when you you kind of look at all those stats and that information that I'm throwing out there, you start to kind of wonder, wow, we do need solutions, uh, solutions that make a difference and and really arm our pharmacies that are within five miles of an, uh, of eighty percent of the American population with the right tools, both virtual, digital, and then obviously, uh, you know, physical tools as well. Suck that all up in a vacuum. Um, and you get you get the beginning of IPC digital health. And and the the need is overwhelming. The opportunity for pharmacists to fill that gap is it's pretty phenomenal. Um, and I and I'll I'll go through some more some more details for you in the sense of um, you know what where we're coming from with the product, where we're coming from with our vision. Uh, and and what we hope to introduce. But I think what's what's extremely important is when you look at us um, venturing into uh, virtual healthcare solutions under the IPC digital health umbrella, you first have to really look at our network. And that's really important. So Bruce and, and Todd, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with our numbers internally, but we have more than 2000 IPC GPO members plus right. additional 4,000 plus warehouse customers um, who rely on IPC as their secondary wholesaler. What does that mean? It means that we not only have a massive network distribution network of of customers that that um, that we distribute prescription drugs to, but that's also a massive network of healthcare providers in the sense of where we are as a pharmacy industry. Um, that can really take advantage of an untapped potential, both on-site and from a virtual healthcare perspective. So, you know, we're just scratching the surface here, but, you know, I think it's so important, cite the statistics, cite the magnitude of our distribution network, not just in the prescription drug world, but also in the ability to serve underserved populations and leverage resources that we're bringing in from the virtual perspective and obviously from the on-site perspective as well. So, so I'm just gonna make a side comment because you used one of those words there that I was was looking to remember what it was, underserved populations. And I I I think that the inner city is a major part of that. So while that county may not be a rural county with no primary health care, there are major sections of the inner cities where people just don't have access. To this type of thing as well. So pharmacy, no matter where it is, rural, suburban, or urban, can take advantage of what you're building. Yeah, it's. I mean, you 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 pretty much uh, cited it. It's you know the 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 biggest issue when you deal with health deserts. It it's not just health deserts. It's inner cities. It's it's uninsured. It's it's you know it's your neighbor down the street. Yeah. Who may have a high deductible, who may be suffering from a high deductible health plan, um, who may be underinsured, uh, it may be easier for that neighbor to pursue the cash option. So when we talk about digital health, we're talking about an ecosystem that delivers a virtual health care platform uh, that drives easy access to affordable health care. Uh, there's multiple tentacles to digital health. Um, I care plus is our what we're coining our uh, our brand for every one of those uh, tentacles that we're going to distribute 
and to work with our pharmacies to optimize, our members to optimize as part of our virtual health uh, care platform. Um, and it's it's so important to be able to take a look at, you know, what what do our independent pharmacy members mean as the number one acute care provider in healthcare today, as the most trusted access point for information on drug interaction, for example. So, you know, our our goal is to leverage the pharmacist in the areas where there's a need for uh, additional services. There's an opportunity to collaborate with local providers. There's an opportunity to collaborate with, with employer groups. There's an opportunity to generate data, but most importantly, the opportunity to, to intervene and drive face-to-face -face, or what we call synchronous encounters through a digital platform, allowing that pharmacist to intervene or allowing our member pharmacists to intervene with the patient's medication regimen and provide the necessary therapy to those patients if they cannot come into the pharmacy to receive that, that traditional one-on-one. -on -one. That's very important, and that's become a, uh, a true catalyst to what's driving IPC digital health. So step us through, what are the, what are the pieces? Well, for, first and foremost, uh, we, we coined this the five pillars. So we, we basically, it's five plus pillars of, of IPC digital health that represents our end-to-end -end solution. Uh, the first thing we're going to do is introduce a whole telehealth uh, stream of services. Um, we believe that's that's where the industry has has gone. We believe we're poised to really optimize that connection between our pharmacies, patient, and local providers, and national providers as well, um, employer groups, and the payer system. There's a lot of opportunity in that in that uh, in that area. So that's pillar number one. Uh, and I'll just give you an example: uh, services such as telemedicine. Uh, telepharmacy light, not your traditional telepharmacy, but more of a lighter version that creates that pharmacist-patient interaction outside of the pharmacy. Uh, and we're also going to leverage remote patient monitoring services. Yeah, it's a big opportunity. Yeah. yeah, yeah, along with medical device interoperability. Why I'm excited about uh, that combination is because there's a little bit of everything that touches each type of patient. The uninsured the cash patient, the underinsured, who can also be the cash patient. Then there are those services where we do have both public and private coverages that are available. So long as the platform is executed um, in the manner that is that it is uh, intended to be executed. And I know that's it's kind of high level, but I'll tell you something. Historically, you know, when virtual programs launched in our industry, uh, I think too many of our competitors made it extremely complex for their user base. So you didn't get the type of execution that, that you would have really wanted. Um, we're taking a much more simplified approach to launching, and I, I'm not going to, to release you know, and share the, the secret sauce right now, um, but, I, but I can tell you the one thing and, and the buzz that you're going to hear about that pillar is that, wow, it's so easy to operate within IPC Digital Health's virtual platform. Um, it's been easy to cater to the patients. We're seeing prescriptions come in. We're seeing actual reimbursement come in, um, and uh, you know, and other and other uh, benefits as well. The second pillar is we're going to get into home health and lab diagnostics. 
That's a huge category. In fact, home health home healthcare kits and lab diagnostics is not as complex as it used to be either. Um, we're going to give our pharmacies the opportunity to really cater to patients that can't afford the traditional lab. Um, and I'm excited about this because, you know, we're we're going through a, a, an extremely um, uh, well, well, uh, you know, well vetted uh, program in, in, in the sense that we're working with labs that are CLIA and CAP certified uh, manufacturers that follow uh, a quality uh, a quality protocol uh, and that really understand pharmacy in the sense of how can we position the pharmacist to utilize these types of programs as part of existing pharmacy services and clinical services, um, and then institute a follow-up through our virtual platform to which never really existed in this in this manner. So I'm really excited with what we're gonna be doing there. I think our members are gonna be extremely pleased. Um, we're also going to leverage our, our own, as you mentioned, Bruce, on the secondary wholesaler side. I mean, we we deal with a lot of drugs. <laughs> we have yeah. a lot of drugs that we distribute. Um, in fact, I think one of our published numbers is, uh, uh, I think we, we're right around 1.4 billion annual um, in terms of, uh, of uh, you know, of, of dollars that uh, that uh, surround, um, you know, our distribution model. And so we have the opportunity to leverage a modern day prescription savings program that really positions our pharmacies to compete. Oh, wow. And to cater to that cash patient. Um, so we're looking at some very unique products. Uh, obviously, we're taking the crawl, walk, run philosophy. It's very important for us to make this easy, to start out slow, but then create a robust solution or offering where we can actually build into it and offer more NDCs as part of our prescription savings program. So not a lot of details there other than it, it it's not a program that will compete against your traditional prescription savings cards. This is unique to IPC and we're calling it iCare Plus RX Pass. So I'm extremely excited to introduce this to the marketplace and uh, and allow our uh, our members to compete in that category, um, we don't stop there, Bruce and Todd. We we looked at and we examined what are the gaps that exist in pharmacy and within our independent core, and how can we improve them and make them easier? Not just increasing the value proposition from a revenue standpoint, but also provide programs that can reduce operational uh, inefficiencies and provide cost savings in the manner that our members have been executing in, in, with certain programs over the years. For example, prescription delivery. It's a big issue. And, and there, are, there are wonderful partners out there, and one that I won't disclose right now that we will be working with, truly understands pharmacy. Um, and that's really big. I mean, part of the process of working with third-party partners is to make sure that they understand our profession. That's been a problem over the years in virtual healthcare and digital health is that there's so many wonderful uh, SaaS-based solutions, internet-based solutions that pharmacists have been pitched over the years or the medical profession has been pitched over the years in terms of collaborative care. But many of those providers really struggle to understand the collaborative care connection, that circle of care, and number two, to really understand the pharmacy environment, the pharmacist time, 
the pharmacist task management. So, you know, that's that's a big part of of what we studied in terms of. Yeah, I'll, I'll just just illustrate that. I, I spent about an hour on the phone. Oh, a, a month or so ago with a with a company that's uh, trying to to deliver a new marketing service, for lack of a better word. It's more elaborate than that. But they kept talking about how they thought a pharmacy should be able to spend two or three thousand dollars a month on on advertising to reach targeted people. And I started talking to them about, well, what kind of people and and they couldn't begin to believe or understand that pharmacists lose 50, 60, 70, 80 dollars sometimes when they fill some of these brand name prescriptions. And, and it just blew their mind. And um, I, I lost a client because they wouldn't believe me that pharmacists weren't making money hand over fist. And that's just a common perception from outsiders is that they look at all the drugs that are advertised on TV. And they think, boy, these pharmacies must be making a lot of money filling prescriptions for these things. And and so to your point, for people partnering with people who understand the workflow and the reimbursement issues that pharmacies are dealing with, that's a critical factor. Oh, absolutely, Bruce. Absolutely. You know, we we looked at prescription delivery and we studied what are the problems that our that our members uh, are facing or community uh, pharmacies facing. One is that it's it's expensive to deliver prescriptions. It's expensive to pay for that car insurance. It's it's expensive to you know to 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 own a vehicle, and it's it's time consuming from a velocity standpoint in the sense of um, you know your your uh, your staff. However, it's a necessity, and it's yeah. not going anywhere. So how do we improve it? Well, we take a look at what national providers understand pharmacy and what are they type what are they willing to do in order to conform to the independent pharmacy strategy they've already proven they can conform to retail chain but can they conform to the independent pharmacy strategy so there was a challenge there and and uh and there's there's you know I'm I'm excited to to uh to get into what you know what we're going to be deploying at, at at some point but we found that with this type of service element, it's not only in a supplement or it can also be a primary. It expands the range for some of our independent pharmacies in the sense of where they were delivering uh, prescriptions to, and it allows them to take, especially those not only are that are in, uh, that are serving health deserts, but those that are in transient markets. You know, they have the opportunity to capture that. You know, and to really kind of get into that medical tourism, mobile patient mind frame mindset. And so, you know, that's where wow. dollars are left on the table. That's where yeah. the competitors are getting those prescriptions. Well, guess what? Our independent pharmacies are going to have the opportunity to take advantage of that. The other piece to this is people transport. You know, when I looked at remote patient monitoring and I looked at what are the gaps in terms of how can we really improve this, make it easier and go after the low hanging fruit that's been left on the table for years, right? Uh, we looked at we, the one thing we we don't we don't talk about is how people transport and getting that patient from point A to point B, regardless of where they are, is not only an essential part of a medication and uh, medication adherence, but also the the optimal health outcome of that patient. That's critical. So what does that really mean, right? Not going to just throw out more buzzwords just to just to throw out buzzwords. This is what it means. 
it means that payers and government plans are actually subsidizing that type of feature. Yep. It means that part of a care plan, although we're, we're adopting a virtual element in order to optimize the number of encounters that are required, right? It's very important. You have to have encounters in order to really manage that patient's outcome and digital health and that virtual connection between the pharmacist and the patient and the physician and the patient that we're tying together also encompasses the ability to get that patient to that face-to-face -face encounter that's part of an extended care plan for those yeah. critically ill patients. And so that was a gap that wasn't part of that comprehensive solution in the past. And so, you know, it may have led to, to inaccuracies or, or billing deficits or billing issues in the past. So, you know, we looked at that and uh, thought that was a very important tentacle that we must uh, absorb into our, our big picture. And finally, the final tent, the final pillar uh, consists of driving patient adherence programs. Patient adherence programs come in many form. Uh, you know, we, we're looking at uh, specialty uh, drugs. We're looking at brand manufacturers, for example. Uh, the high cost of those medications are, 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 are enormous. And we do know that, that um, the manufacturers of such expensive drugs are subsidizing through copay assistance programs. Right. But here's a problem with copay assistance programs, right? They're wonderful. But here's the problem. They're geared towards the larger chains. Independent pharmacies over the years have not been able to capitalize on opportunities through uh, from copay assistance programs driven by the brands and driven by specialty manufacturers. And that's not the brand or the specialty manufacturer's fault, right? The fault is on the inability of our, you know, our challenge has been come up with a product that makes sense so we can coexist and we can drive value to them, right? Uh, through the use of our massive distribution network. Yeah, so which is where your distribution and your retail stuff comes together so nicely, absolutely. isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. That's why we had to uniform the brand under iCare Plus. So we create a central adoption to a healthcare ecosystem that operates and enables that type of program to come to fruition. So we still have challenges. Um, you know, we we have a we have a big picture. We have a, a phase by phase approach that we're taking, so we can really perfect each level. Uh, we're going to learn as we deploy um, our program. But I'll tell you something, Bruce uh, and Todd. You know, we're proud in that we've we're finally giving our independent pharmacies the opportunity to compete against what the retail chains have done for years in terms of how they've evolved. Look at Walgreens and Village MD. Look at CVS and Minute Clinic. Look at Walmart Health. Yeah. Look at Rite Aid and Ready Clinic. Uh, and, you know, obviously the, the, the industry changes all the time, but I'll tell you this. We can't compete in independent pharmacy with our members unless we introduce programs like this that are meaningful and that position them to compete at a lower overhead and at a higher execution rate. That's how we compete, and that's how we drive profitability, and that's how we make our members successful. So that's the IPC digital health ecosystem. You, you've, you've pulled together 
a, a, a big collection of items and integrated them, I guess, is the word I'm looking for, is, is you have all this in one place. So a pharmacy can manage all of this uh, through through the, uh, the IPC digital health platform. Or and are, are we talking hardware here or is it going to be done over the internet through existing stuff? What, what, what kind of, what's this going to look like in somebody's pharmacy if they get involved starting with telehealth? Yeah, so we're not talking hardware. That's the beautiful thing about virtual healthcare is that if you do it right, um, it's all one of the things I mentioned earlier is all SaaS based, which is basically software, um, software on the internet. Um, that's either licensable. We we will get into our own proprietary down the road. Uh, those are things that I think it's important. The more remember, we're a pharmacy, we're a cooperative. So the benefit is to our members. Anything we get into that we can profit from, obviously it's a pass through to our members. And something that's, obviously yeah. my 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 uh, my CEO can can talk to that much better than I can right now. But yeah, uh, yeah. but uh, I'm sure he mentioned that uh, you know a few times as well. So you know we're we're looking at at various um, uh, our primary solution to start out. It's like you said, uh, it's not just that it's it's various uh elements that are um, uh that are part of one solution it's that they all link to the storyline and the so, journey so that brings me back to uh, some of our original conversations uh, cash programs is this going to be uh, is this going to be able to bring more cash pay revenue to the pharmacies yeah 100% uh we're we're setting this up so we can take advantage of uh, as more and more Americans shift to cash uh, because of those stats that I was talking to you about earlier uh, that yeah. I cited, uh, the, it, the program is being set up for um, significant cash reimbursement. Uh, we, you know, we look at, uh, we're looking at uh, tele, uh, telepharmacy light uh, menu of services that patients can participate with. Uh, we're looking to, we'll, we will be distributing uh, health, home health kits directly from our stores. Uh, at a uh, purchase price that are uh, very competitive to the industry. Not only that, but we'll be leveraging the expertise. And I'll tell you something, we have some of the best independent pharmacists and owners in the industry. I've been around for 20 years plus, and I, I've, like you, Bruce, I've been able to visit um, over the years, many of these members. I've spent a lot of my life, my lifetime on the road, uh, visiting pharmacies and working with them. And I'll tell you, the ability to bring that patient to the back room, activate a kit on site, and undergo the entire process, very simple, very easy to execute through a cash protocol, not only saves the patient uh, thousands and thousands of dollars, but also really shines that light on the pharmacy staff uh, and the pharmacist's ability um, as they were meant to be, you know, in the role that they were meant to play. And you know, I, I I just want to emphasize here that yeah, I the the traditional paradigm that we operate under is is that if insurance doesn't pay for it, people won't pay for it. And and I've got to tell you, I've been preaching for years that that's that's in our heads only. That's not in reality. Um, everybody won't pay. Perhaps most people won't pay, but many people will. And, you know, the, this 52% number that you mentioned that are uninsured or underinsured, 
I mean, that's a huge number of people who are working as waitresses or, uh, you know, just part-time workers. The whole gig economy has got uh, scores of of mid-level professionals who have very high deductible insurance plans because they're paying for their insurance on their own. Uh, These people are out there and, and there's an opportunity there. Um, and and I I expect that this is this is that gap that you're talking about that you're going to try finally give the pharmacist the tools they can so that they can jump in and fill that gap. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. And we're not we're not talking we're talking about inexpensive services, inexpensive healthcare services for the cash patient. We're not talking about the types of exorbitant dollars that you that they have to pay, even for those that do have insurance have to pay to meet their deductible, which most of us don't even meet our, if you're part of a high deductible health plan. We're talking about dollars that, you know, nominal dollars that that have high margin and high return for our members that not only allow the, the pay, not only allow them to work with the patient to, to address a need, a healthcare need, let's say if it's a, you know, if from a monitoring standpoint, or from a prevention standpoint, I mean, disease prevention is a big part of what we're doing here, but also controlling and managing an existing issue. Um, that's that's critical to the process. And and we're talking, you know, we're talking about inexpensive solutions, inexpensive service model that at least rewards our pharmacies in the current state that they're facing from a government perspective, that at least rewards them for the time and the effort that they expend with that patient. Number two, as I mentioned earlier, you know, it's it's been complex historically to strengthen that relationship with the local provider. There was a uh, there was an article that was launched today, I think, in today's digital uh, issue of Drugstore News. It may have been circulating for about a week. That specifically cast a light on the pharmacist and the physician relationship and how it continues to strengthen and why. That's not uh, a new issue. That's been there for years, right? And so we keep talking about those same stories because it's a new generation of leadership and care and providers that are coming to the table. Those that are more prone to use social media, uh, uh, or that are most prone to become more active in um, uh, in using virtual healthcare services as part of a collaborative care plan. So, you know, we're on the cusp of, you know, of that innovation. So rather than be passive, we're going to be ahead of the curve on this one. And so that's why we're excited. Um, Is there pharma or healthcare plan money playing any part of some of this stuff that you're bringing to the table? So it's not something that I'm going to talk about right now, uh, but it is part of our plan. Um, You know, obviously, uh, there, there is uh, uh, plan reimbursement that's happening today. So if it's there, we're building the tools to be able to leverage those dollars, whether it's private, whether it's public. Um, so part okay. of our program, uh, they're they're definitely. I mean, it's being it's being constructed to specifically take advantage of that low hanging fruit. Um, you know, when we talk about health disparities and the dollars that are designed to compensate providers for addressing uh, population health issues or health disparities. Um, Those, we're talking about millions and millions and millions of dollars that are left on the table 
because the providers don't have the right tools to be able to export, to be able to um, uh, uh, get the data that's required in order to fit the need of that plan um, in its simplest form so they can justify the reimbursement um, in its simplest payback. So we've we've looked at everything all the way down to the data science. Um, that's something I didn't talk too much about right now. Uh, but but everything that we're doing is designed to be able to export the data that's required to filter it to the providers so we can, uh, excuse me, to the payers, so we can generate that low-hanging fruit um, and uh, and return it back to our members. So um, this IPC initiative is being rolled out. A pharmacist will start hearing about it, I suspect, uh, from IPC, from their field support personnel and from the marketing department. Um, you're on the team now and, and driving this whole process forward. Uh, any particular last words that you would want to to share with our listeners that will help them uh, anxiously look for the information? Uh, absolutely, Bruce. So a couple of things. One, um, by the time the listeners, uh, you know, are, are able to, to digest the information from, from this session, a couple of things they need to know. Number one, uh, we're undergoing a rigorous testing program. Uh, when this launches. So you can't expect it in the uh, the stores right away. Uh, we're taking a, a, a very important and a very disciplined approach to this to test it uh, in different phases before we fully commercialize. So just want to make sure and, and level set there that there's no misconception that this is ready to go. Uh, we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of testing to do. We have a lot of trial and error to undergo. Um, and we will be doing these uh, the, the testing in, in live pharmacies and obviously with the participation of, um, of, of patients and, and so forth. Number two, um, I'm excited about the opportunity to launch a digital health platform and that we're going to breed innovation. To do that, we need vendors, we need digital um, uh, innovators that understand uh, virtual healthcare that understand pharmacy, that understand the collaborative care, whose devices really make sense, whose software makes sense to today's pharmacy, to today's patient from both cash and, and insurance uh, perspective. So we're 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 listening to anybody and and everybody uh, that has unique solutions in the virtual and the digital world. Um, you know, I I would encourage you to reach out to us. I would encourage you to reach out to me. I'm easy to find, um, and uh, but do your homework. Make sure that you you understand that. Look, pharmacy is X. It's not like Y, um, and and really kind of dig in there. Understand what what uh, task flow means in terms of the pharmacist. Understand, um, you know, what are the pain points that are that have been impacting our industry, and come to the table with a solution. Uh, and we're willing to listen and and perhaps team up and and uh, and you know have you join in to our to our future uh, uh, you know our goals. Well, that's going to cause me to remember a conversation I had not long ago with a pretty sophisticated company with a, a diabetes device 
uh, eagerly trying to approach physicians to get him to prescribe the thing. And, and I'm talking to him about, well, what's wrong? Why not talk to pharmacists? And and vendors typically don't understand that pharmacists can create demand. The relationship the pharmacist has with the prescriber, if, if they can go to a prescriber with a, a, a solution for Mrs. Jones or Mary Smith or whatever who's experiencing a problem with uh, maintaining adherence or meeting, you know, metrics and come with a solution, you know, the pharmacist can be in a position to create the, the physician prescription. And, and I think that's a, a major thing for us. I'm not a pharmacist, but I mean, for pharmacists to understand is, is they don't have to be the, the end point of filling the prescription or the service. They, they can be the person who creates the demand for the service and as they do that, um, you know, more more products and services will come to them, and more revenue will follow that. Well, hundred percent. You know, we're we we have some uh, some pretty exciting things on the horizon, um, and I, I don't mind sharing that right now. Uh, we're we're looking at at launching what we call an innovation week, uh, where we do invite um, you know the, the your your startups, uh, your med tech, you know, providers, your you know, the company that you're referring to perhaps, uh, but they have to do their homework first. There's definitely criteria that they need to meet before, you know, they, they come into our innovation week. And we, you know, it's an opportunity to, to listen to them. You know, we're going to lay out our, you know, we're, we're just in phase one, right? But this is, this is a long journey in the sense that long journey for the user, for all the end users, healthcare is evolving. This isn't a one and done program. This is, this is our, like our new foundation, our the the fabric of our existence, you know, five, 10 years from now to complement and to support the prescription side. This is the adherence side. You know, this is the health outcome side. Um, yeah. You know, so so we're we're gonna continue to do some great things. Uh, you're gonna continue to hear the buzz in the sense of the things that we're introducing. Um, really the uniform brand position puts us in that uh, in that driver's seat to be able to do these things as opposed to just one-offs here and there so we're excited really excited. well and 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 i'm thrilled that you've spent time with us today um so ipc digital health and i care rx is the product offering or what you're branding it under for this new division of ipc I or the independent plus. pharmacy I care, plus. I care plus. Thank you. you got it. So uh, IPC Digital Health, I care plus. Be watching for it. Ashton, um, uh, you know, I, I've, I've seen you do some marvelous things throughout your career. And um, I'm, I'm eager to see this thing start coming to market and for pharmacists to start understanding that there's a bright future. Um, I think one of the terms that... Uh, uh, Marcus Sensa used before was future-proof pharmacy, and I love that notion. So with that, I'm going to sign off for Pharmacy Crossroads today. Uh, thank you all for listening. I hope something you heard here today will help you do more and be better. Thanks for listening to Pharmacy Crossroads. If you're interested in talking with Bruce, please contact the show. Visit PharmacyCrossroads.com. We look forward to hearing from you.